0: June 4th, 1965, Howard University in Washington, D.C.
1: We have seen in 1957, and 1960, and again in 1964, the first civil rights legislation in this nation in almost an entire century. As Majority Leader of the United States Senate, I helped to guide two of these bills through the Senate. And as your President, I was proud to sign the third. And now, very soon, We will have the fourth. A new law guaranteeing every American the right to vote. No act of my entire administration will give me greater satisfaction than the day when my signature makes this bill to the law of this land. The Voting Rights Bill will be the latest and among the most important in a long series of victories, but this victory, as Winston Churchill said of another triumph for freedom, is not the end, it is not even the beginning of the end, but it is, perhaps, the end of the beginning. That beginning is freedom, and the barriers to that freedom are tumbling down. Freedom is the right to share, share fully and equally in American society, to vote, to hold a job, to enter a public place, to go to school. It is the right to be treated in every part of our national life as a person equal in dignity and promise to all others.
0: Coming up, calls with Senate leaders, United Auto Workers President Walter Ruther and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as President Johnson works to turn his voting rights vision into law. We begin on December 14, 1964, a little more than a month after his landslide election victory. President Johnson held a strategy session with then-Deputy Attorney General Nicholas Katzenbach.
1: I've already told uh, Dick Russell, some of them, that we're going to try to get everybody to register. And that those that don't register, we're going to register postmasters. That the congressmen nominate them, and the senators confirm them, and they're bound to be good men, even in Mississippi and Georgia. Well, we're going to see that the Attorney general and the postmaster general got the flanks whatever they need if they're registered if they can get halfway qualified and uh, he, he growled a little bit but uh, that may not be the way I don't know I want you to I want you to undertake the greatest midnight uh, uh, legislative drafting—it's happened since Corcoran and Cohen wrote the Holding Company Act. Right. On that, I, I basically believe that if we can have a simple, effective method of getting them registered, now if, they, if the state laws are too high and uh, they disqualify a bunch of, them, maybe we can go in Supreme Court and get them held unconstitutional, the or if. Uh, the registrars make them stand in line too long. Maybe we can work that out where the postmasters can do it. Uh, let's find some way it's a state that we problem, you know, under the Constitution. Yes, both. Well, that's is. right. I know that. Now, how can we beat it? All right. Can we? Uh, can we beat that some way? It's
2: uh, well. We've we've tried hard to uh, to uh, beat it, and of course that's what we have in the act that you got through, and then these modifications of it uh, in the uh, last thing, like 57, 5760, and then now you familiar with all those problems.
1: No, I'm really not. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what we're really doing, but, but a, I know a there's a constitutional none. amendment, Mr. President,
2: to, you know, just flatly have federal officials register for federal elections.
1: Well, let's do that. Let's, let's let's shoot at that. Let's recommend that if you can't do it any other way. Well, let's go into all the other alternatives. And then, uh, let's just get let's get the best people you've got. Now, Joe rao has been talking about postmasters. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you can do, and we're gonna need it pretty quick.
0: A month later, the president talked strategy again. This time with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. As effective
1: as
3: uh,
1: all of them both. That's
3: right.
1: Nothing. That'll get you a message that all the eloquence in the world won't bring, because uh, the fellow will be coming to you, then, instead of you calling him.
3: And it's very interesting, Mr. President, to notice that the only states that you didn't carry in the south, five states, have less than 40% of the Negroes registered to vote. It's very interesting to notice that. I think the professor of the University of Texas a recent article brought this out very clearly. uh, So it demonstrates that uh, it's so important to get Negroes registered to vote in large numbers in the South. And it will be this coalition of the Negro vote and the moderate white vote that will... Really make the news
1: sound. That's exactly right.
3: I think it's very important that we not to
1: say that we're doing this uh, and we not do it just because it's Negroes and whites, but we take the position that every person born in this country, when he reaches a certain age, uh, that he have a right to vote, just like he has a right to fight, and uh, that we just uh, extend it, whether it's a Negro, or whether it's a Mexican, or who it is. And number two, I think that. Uh, uh, we don't want special privilege for anybody we want equality for all and we can stand on that principle but I think if you can uh, contribute a great deal by getting your leaders and you yourself taking very simple examples of uh, discrimination where a man's got to memorize a Longfellow or whether he's got to quote the uh, uh, the uh, first uh, uh, ten amendments are, he's got to uh, tell you what uh, Amendment 15, 16, 17 is, and then ask them if they know, and show uh, what happens. And uh, uh, some, some people don't have to do that. But when a Negro comes in, he's got to do it. And if we can just repeat and repeat and repeat, I don't want to follow Hitler, but he had an idea that if you just take a simple thing and repeat it often enough, uh, even if it wasn't true, why people accept it. Well, now, this is true, and if you can find the worst condition that you run into in Alabama, Mississippi, uh, or Louisiana, South Carolina, where, uh, well, I think one of the worst I ever heard of is the president of the school at uh, Tuskegee or the head of the government department there or something, being denied the right to cast a vote. And if you just take that one illustration and get it on radio and get it on television, get it on uh, in the pulpits, get it in the in the meetings, get it every place you can. Uh, pretty soon, the the fellow that didn't do anything but follow, drive a tractor, he'll say, "Well, that's not right. That's not fair." Yeah. And then that will help us on what we're going to shove through and in. Yeah,
3: are Back the right about.
1: And if we do that, we will break through as, uh, it'll be the greatest breakthrough of anything, not even except in this 64 Act. I think the greatest achievement of my administration, I think the greatest achievement in foreign policy, I said to a group yesterday, was the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. But I think this will be bigger, because uh, it'll do things that even that 64 Act couldn't do.
3: Well Mr. President, I certainly appreciate you uh, your giving me this time and uh, I certainly appreciate getting your no ideas on these things. But said I just want to share it with you and I wanted you to know that uh, we we have the feeling, but we have not uh set on any particular person. We it's Bob Weaver, Whitney Young, Ralph somebody like that. Every one of those
1: every one of those people have my respect and uh, uh what what you do is this you just say to them that i'm not going to send a message to the congress and say that if you will give me this power i will do this as a trade because i think that would do us all damage but if i can get my urban and housing affair you know what my intentions are yeah. and uh, I've, I've got a pretty good cabinet as far as i know i'm going to keep them all probably except maybe the secretary of treasury uh, perhaps, uh, I don't know what's going to happen to the Attorney General. Uh, I, I've given good deal of thought to folks like Abe Fortas. a good deal of thought to folks like Clark Clifford, good deal of thought to Catch Back, good deal of thought uh, to uh, uh, all of those folks are pretty liberal, and they're right on our question. I've appointed John Doer in the charge of the department over there. But uh, I think most of the others are planning to stay, and I need them on these big programs, health and education and and defense and uh, state. But uh, the one thing we want to do is shove through our housing reorganization and put them in charge of the cities. Then New York City's got to come. Sit down and talk to these people. Chicago's got to come. New orleans got to come. Atlanta's got to come. If they don't, uh, uh, they, they just can't move. And uh, then I think we'll have a good man that's trained, that's uh, come up through the ranks, that's merit, that's not on account of color, not on account of anything else, but he'll be there.
3: Yeah. Uh, Well, this is wonderful.
1: But two things you do for us now: you you find the most ridiculous uh, illustration you can on voting and point it up and repeat it and get everybody else to it. Second thing is please look at that Labor Committee in the House and Senate. Please look at that Health Committee. Please look at that uh, uh, Immigration Committee. And let's us try to get health and education and poverty uh, through the first 90 days.
3: Yeah. Well, we're going to be done that just depends on our absolute support. Whitney's, Whitney's group can go to talking to
1: him and Roy's group can, and your group can and they ought to tell the Ryan of New York, and they ought to tell the so-and-so from Philadelphia, and they ought to tell so-and-so from Atlanta, please get this bill reported, yeah. because I don't think you have any conception of, of the proportion of assistance uh, that comes to your people in these bills. I haven't pointed that out. I haven't stressed it. but uh, I know is
3: that they will be, they have been and will be if
1: and, uh, you can figure out though, what $8 billion in education, what $1 billion in health, and what uh, a billion and a half in poverty do if it goes to people who earn less than $2,000 a year. Now, uh, you know who earns less than $2,000, don't you? That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but it, it will
3: certainly be a great movement we've just got to work harder.
1: And I'm part of this administration, but we talked about what we were going to do three years, and uh, we, we we had to do it the fourth. We passed 51 bills last year. Now, I've got those messages up there the first time any president by January the 15th ever had a half a dozen messages before the Congress. Most of them don't even have their State of the Union until after the inauguration. Yeah, that's
3: right.
1: But they're there, and they're ready for them to go to work, and we're not just going to talk. If they'll vote, I'm ready. We've got our recommendations. And... We talked the first three years of our administration. We promised and we held it up, and people were getting be pretty disillusioned. I think when uh, when I finally beat the Rules Committee and got civil rights out.
3: Yeah, you
1: know, I know. I think that you might have you might have had a lot more revolution in this country than you you could handle uh, if we had uh, had that civil rights stay in that Rules Committee under Judge Smith. Oh, that's
3: that's a disillusion.
1: Well, we talked about it three years, you know, but, but we just did something about it. So that's what we got to do now, and you get in there and help us. But I
3: certainly it. you know. you can always count on that.
0: Thank you so much.
3: All right, Bye.
0: From January 15, 1965, President Johnson and Martin Luther King Jr. On March 11th, the president spoke with now Attorney General Katzenbach. The criticism around Mr. Katzenbach's appointment and strategized more on voting rights.
1: Mansfield is huffy and mad and grumpy and determined
0: that the Attorney General could not ignore him.
1: Now, uh, I was trying to decide on a 150-plane strike last night, and I decided while this was happening, and then the weather knocked us off. But I believe that it's... Time of that note was was that before I saw him? I don't know. I just got it this morning, and uh, I just think that he is a man that is uh, kind of sick and problems and at home and other places, and he feels about the veterans hospital. And every time he reads, he reads where uh, I was a leader and uh, that I was a dictator, and he's not. And uh, and I think he gets upset. I would say I'm more to blame for it than anybody else. And I would say Dirksen talking. I don't believe blame you with it at all or anything else. I think you are doing a wonderful, remarkable job. So I wouldn't feel sad. sad. I only read it to you no, so that you may know. I don't cry over spilled milk. I'll try to it. Uh, uh, I think I have mostly, but it's hard to know with my... No, you can't. And I, I don't think we have. I think he's got to understand, number one that you understood in the relations last year, that he wanted you, when he designated Umphrey, he wanted you to work with uh, Dirksen, and Dirksen called you. And you didn't think that, uh, about calling him, that you did talk to Umphrey, uh, who is coordinated last year, and you had planned, if you could even get close to an agreement without throwing him into a big legal argument, to talk to him. but that. Uh, uh, that's the way it is and then I would take the position that you welcome their bill and put them out in front if they would do it if they want to yeah. then we'll get a good uh, sound one but I think you ought to tell Rosenthal to tell the press that you would be glad to see them at sometime between 5 and 6 this evening right. so that uh, when will your injunction you an hour later
2: I'll have to uh I'll go back here before noon and call John Doerr in court and see what he thinks we're going to get. Uh, He said he thought we'd get it
1: all today. Well, even if you haven't got it, I I think you've got to say that you can't comment on that, but you have hopes, and here's what your petition says. I think you have got to fill the papers I don't approve at all of your having Mary McGrory in there. I don't want to be critical, but I think that that's dangerous because we'll all be afraid to talk to you if we think that they're reporting it on the front page who you call and what. But I do think that you've got to have a, the full press in and tell them everything that you humanly can about to your actions. And I think you ought to have almost prepared statement orally, starting off saying, we sent in the federal presence. We put in the 30 FBIs, We ordered them in. We agreed to join the friend of the court. Here's what we said as the friend of the court in cooperation with the NAACP. And then one, two, three, four. So it just runs out of their stomach of what you've done. Then we sent in under the law Collins. And then we sent in Dore Dore first, and then Collins, because one civil rights under the law, the Congress said they wanted a special division. So you put him present. Under the law, they wanted the mediator, Congress did. So you put him present. And then I'd get down to voting rights and say you recommended it, so you're the spokesman here. You're the marshal. You build yourself up as the Burke Marshall deal uh, uh, that uh, you recommended. It. it was in the state of the union. You signed the best lawyers on it. They're working on the message. Uh, they've been. It's been uh, adjusted. And some say it's too long. And some say it ought to cover this. You're trying to get it to, when you can be free of these conferences and uh, lawsuits and. The meetings with the Negro publishers and the meetings with the groups and the pickets and other things to get this. And you believe you'll have it 48 hours to the president. But you're sure, I wouldn't divulge what it's going to contain. Uh, just say it's going to be, we think, this strong voting rights. And say, I recommended it last year. Just say, I kept them back dead. I believed it ought to be last year. Not lay anything on the Congress. Yeah. But just say, I recommend it. And uh, there were some adjustments made, and it didn't come out the way I recommended it. But I'm going to recommend it again this year. And the president has accepted my recommendation. I don't know whether he'll accept what I'm sending him now or not, but I'm going to send it to him. And uh, I assume as soon as he gets it that he will act on it and uh, make it public to the Congress. And I would hope maybe that we might... Uh, get him to stay there Saturday. You might ask Mike if he wouldn't come in, if we could get the message up Saturday for a few minutes to receive it, so it would be in the Sunday papers. Just have Metcalf preside, and and don't give this as the reason. Give something else. Just say he wants to to have a meet, and so we could do it. If not, we'll get McCormick to come in the house. One's house ought to be in session. If they uh, can't do that, we'll wait till next week. But I believe it'd be better to get everything shoveled out to him we can. Then when I come along, I can refer to the attorney general and I can say that uh, I'm following his recommendations and I'm gonna let him decide, and the vice president decide. And then I'm the impression I'm gonna give is that we'll all go together. Right. Be sure to point out that you're glad to see any groups, that the vice president will see any groups. Uh, that you've met with them and that you'll be glad to see the preachers who come in here. I take the initiative. I'm going to tell George Reedy to tell them that we'll be glad to see the preachers so they don't force ourselves into this. And uh, uh, later after we meet at 12, I don't want to take you any longer there now, but after we meet at 12, you and I can maybe have lunch together or sit around and, and list the things that you ought to say, but I would try to get word out to Rosenthal right quick to tell your reporters so it knocks the the thing over mine and, right. and, and, and takes me off this hot spot. All right, I'll call him right away. Okay. I'd make it as late as I could, 5 30, so you got the benefit of any time in Alabama there an hour earlier. Let me just ask uh, one question on the Mansfield thing. Can
2: I, you want me to just uh, ask him whether the Senate's going to be in session and then uh,
1: say well, I would say if I work tonight, Mike. And we're able to grind it out tomorrow, and I could get it through Lee White and the president. Would you all be willing to receive it Saturday? Right. And could you do it without saying you're having a special Saturday session to receive it? Could you just say you're going to have a session and have a speech, and then uh, on something else, and then, or on, on anything, and then receive it in routine fashion? All right. If he can't, tell him that you, uh, you'll ask me to ask McCormick. i yeah. go over next week. Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: From March 11, 1965, President Johnson and Attorney General Nicholas Katzenbach. The voting rights bill began its journey in the Senate on March 18. Democratic leader Mike Mansfield and Republican leader Everett Dirksen were the main sponsors. Both had worked with Attorney General Katzenbach to draft the language. With a bipartisan group of 66 co-sponsors, the bill went to the Judiciary Committee. To avoid delay tactics by its chair, Mississippi Democrat James Eastland, the Senate instructed the committee to finish its work no later than April 9th. On April 2nd, Attorney General Katzenbach updated the president on the possibility of a rival bill in the House, this one drafted by a lesser-known Republican from Michigan by the name of Gerald Ford. Hello. Good
2: morning, Mr. President. Hi, Mike. I just wanted to catch you up on the voting bill and where we stood on that. Particularly, uh, we're doing fine on the Senate side uh, with uh, Dirksen, Mansfield, and we ought to have something everybody agrees to uh, over the weekend or finally sew it up Monday. Uh, Jerry Ford is going to come out with some Republican version of a bill, I think, today, or tomorrow. I expect that'll be something John Lindsay has drafted be very different from what we're doing. I don't think it'll make much of a splash, but that's his part as an angle to it. Yeah. Uh, it just to do that. Yeah. that. makes McCulloch unhappy, but he'll uh, be done that. McCulloch on that? Said he might call me for help. That's what he told me. I can't get much more out of him. Uh, but, uh, Ford said he was going to come out with something, and uh, McCulloch says it makes him unhappy. Now McCulloch will work to bring that into the, you know, the uh, bipartisan bill on the House side. He will try to get Ford's bill adopted. No, he'll try to to work out a common agreement with Seller on a bill, which will look very much like, actually, the one we worked on over in the Senate, which will... Incorporate some of the ideas modified that Ford will come out with. I, I think I think it'll work out all right, Mr. President, but I think the very Ford's going to make his little partisan play here. And then to try to take credit for uh, some expansions and some of the uh, administration bill, the uh, Mansfield Dirksen bill.
1: What are you? What will he do? What uh, expansion will it be?
2: Well, I think uh, uh, primarily he'll extend the federal examiner system so that uh, it applies in areas without literacy tests where a certain number of complaints have been received. Uh, Now He'll tie that to some kind of judicial proceeding because Lindsey's a good enough lawyer to do that. Uh, And the other thing that he may do, and it worries me more than that, because we have provision that'll cope with that. uh, uh, But the thing that worries me more is that he'll come in with the old uh, so-called Title III provision, whether you remember that or not. That's what Lindsey really wants, and that's what uh, uh, I've been trying to keep out of here. You can't do it without a national police force. You know, we'd be in every situation if we had this. But uh, that's the one that worries me more. Now, Ford may not go that far because he's being pulled two ways. But uh, he's, uh, as you know, giving Lindsey and those fellows a good deal more scope than they ever had under Charlie Halleck.
1: Does Lindsey have to be partisan? I thought he was a reasonably nonpartisan fellow. Lindsey? No. He's very...
2: He's a very partisan nonpartisan. The nonpartisan is his sort of public image. Uh, and he's uh, pretty partisan. And, of course, this is, this is Ford more than Lindsey. Uh, Ford has given Lindsey more power in the Republican Party there, he and Charlie Goodell and those fellows. And uh, he's listening to them more. But this is Ford's little play. I think more than it is Lindsay's. The other thing I can't do is be the way to put it back on Republicans. And I'd love to do it, Mr. President, to get those Puerto Ricans in New York voting. But I can't get the Republicans to go along with that. And I suppose you wouldn't want to go along with 750,000 Republican votes. I guess that's the way they feel about it. They won't say that. I can't get it in there. You know, it could be the difference in New York in any close year. They're all Democrats. Well, won't uh, won't uh, Lindsey's bill try to bring them in? I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I I can't get uh, you know I can't get Dirksen, Republicans in the Senate to go along with it. I understand why they they won't. Uh, I don't think lindsay will do it. lindsay has got nothing to gain from doing it in New York. He likes to talk about the Puerto Ricans. He doesn't really want to do it himself because he knows if, uh, that were put in. Well, I at least uh, I'd recommend. I'd jump at it unless somebody told me not to. Yeah, I would sure do it. Every one of them's a Democratic vote. I just can't see John Lindsay enfranchising uh, you know, half a million, seven hundred fifty-five. He might. I'd rather try to box him in on it and make him deny it. I think that's one way that might cope with it. beat him on this. One. I don't think it's too... I, I don't think it's going to make a great deal of difference getting the voting bill, getting a good one the way we want it, but it's going to be a little play for the Republicans. That's why I want you to know about it. But when we see it, we'll see how we can cope with it in terms of uh, cutting down for to Play, I'd probably get Halleck to attack it. <laughs> yeah, sure would. Uh, if you got the other thing is timing down there, Mr. President. Uh, and you ought to speak to Mansfield. About, Dirksen wants to get it out on the ninth and on the calendar, and then take it up as the first order of business after the Easter vacation. Uh, neither of them feel they can get it passed uh, before the Easter vacation. The House uh, uh, wants to get it out and uh, to uh, rules. See if they can get Judge Smith to agree to uh, to uh, bring it out of rules before the end of this uh, month after Easter. And I think that's. I don't think the House can do any better than that. The, the uh, only question is over in the Senate where well, you want to up before. Uh, uh, had asked me this question in front of Mansfield, and I played it as though it was the civil rights groups. I said, well, I don't know. I think probably that could be explained to the civil rights groups if it were necessary. That's what Senator Mansfield wanted. I thought you wanted it out and voted on as quick as it could be. But now, what does Mansfield want to do? Well, he's going to talk it over with Dirksen again today. He'll end up doing what Dirksen wants, I suppose he usually does. Mansfield talked about getting it up and debating it, bringing it right away up and debating it. Now, they'll have some quorum problems, I think, next week. I think Dirksen's right about that. Uh, And uh, Dirksen says he doesn't want to divide the debate over the Easter holiday. Uh, Mansfield said he thought they ought to just take it up and start it. How much holiday are they going to take? Uh, so, about
0: nine, ten days, I guess. Three days later, the president talked to Senate Republican leader Everett Dirksen about the timing for a vote. How are you? I'm all right. How are you?
1: Oh, a little bit
0: uh, uh, grinding away. I am
4: pushed. This goddamn voting rights bill... That reminds me, I just had talk with Mike. Mm-hmm. Don't make any statements about driving that damn thing through before Easter. We think now we've got a good bill. We got twenty guys around the table to put the finishing touches on it on Saturday and uh, late Saturday afternoon. We're finishing with the testimony this noon. So is the house. House is ramping around on a lot of goddamn stuff. But when the time comes, it'll be the bill that we have got drawn up because I think it's a good one. Now, Mike said if we could get about three or four days of debate on it before Easter, that would be all that was necessary. Then we could leave our Easter recess intact because they're going to be grousing to beat hell up there. They've all made plans about it. But I think that's good progress. Now, I checked with George Spencer to see what kind of flack we would have from your side. And there's not going to be too much. This thing isn't going to draw a very long couple of weeks. And I think we got it made. So uh, don't uh, make uh, a public statement. You're going to drive it through. Because they're going to get their hats. Oh, I never made a statement in my life I was going to drive anything. Well, that's right. It wasn't quite that way. They get the impression
1: though, those. Uh, if you say it ought to be done before Easter, that... Uh... No, no, you all said that. I haven't said anything like that. Yeah. No, no, I, they said that uh, what they, they like to find something anybody says is wrong. Uh, they, they can't find anything right. Now, I haven't said anything about this at all. I've just said that uh, uh, they asked me on the education bill, and I said that the leadership had said, I just quoted them, that they planned to have it up on Tuesday. They won't know why it went over from last week to this week in the committee. Yeah. And they said they wanted to give them plenty of time so nobody could say that they did anything yeah. uh, from Thursday until uh, next Tuesday. Uh, to consider it in committee and they said that that wouldn't delay them though actually because i just gave them four or five days studied there and would take less time on the floor if they did and that they had assured me that they would try to get it up on wednesday and that they thought they'd pass it uh, by friday yeah. they didn't they stay in well they're going to finish that this week yeah now with respect to voting rights
4: uh <laughs> I hit it like hell to leave some up in the dark because we had Strom this morning in John's tennis we've modified this rather substantially to make damn sure that we'll be on good constitutional ground yeah but i couldn't say it to them now they're going to have to have a little time to look it over and peck around and i think if we work it out that way that's going to
1: be all to the good and it's going to save us time in the end it is if we don't get into another uh another situation while we're waiting yeah. that's the damn danger. Well, well, now, these boys, Strom and, and John, are going to be as strong against it when they end, stronger yeah. than they are in the start. You got no chance there, and I sure don't want to have to send another uh, go through a cell because we got through it locally pretty good. Yeah. And if it hadn't been for that woman last night, we'd had a perfect record. But if we if they think we're dilly in and off Eastern, why uh, it it creates a hell of a lot of problems when you start to consider the amount of staff we
4: Done on that damn bill. The senators are the time to have a good look see, And that's all the morally, I think, why we ought to take that
0: Easter recession plan. Once the bill came to the floor, it faced a filibuster, led by a group of southern senators that lasted twenty-four days. During that time, the president spoke to United Auto Workers President Walter Ruther. They talked about an amendment on poll taxes that was sponsored by Senator Ted Kennedy of Massachusetts.
1: You're going to get passed in the House, you're going to get it out of the Senate, but you may someday get a majority for it in the Senate, but I don't believe you'll ever get two-thirds for it in the Senate. And uh, I think you can get the same thing. You know what they did? Uh, They... Katzenbach told them, said, here's what you do, fellas. Kind of like one of these Atlantic City deals that you ran on. Katzenbach told them, said, here's what you do. Now, here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to a three-judge appellate court, and I you, you make your finding, and I'll, I'll take the authority. I'll, I'll have the authority. I'll go in. I'll get a prompt hearing. I can get it in 48 hours. Then I can appeal it direct to Supreme Court. They considered it. Almost one, didn't one or two of them said, "Well, we wouldn't have a fight or an issue, and we've got to dramatize this thing." So I can't take that. So they refused to take it. Humphrey thought they ought to take it. Everybody else thought they ought to take it, but they refused to take it. So he couldn't get anything else by. He's got Dirksen, and Dirksen got a hell of a good legal staff. Almost good as the Attorney General, and the Attorney General knows it, and he's worked out two bills with him. So he uh, figured that he could. He had to uh make it stand up, so he had to go back and tell him it wouldn't work, tell uh, uh, the Dirksons and so forth that he couldn't get uh, the thing put over, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, nothing was done. Tuesday morning, before they voted, I guess it's Tuesday morning, Humphrey was sitting in a leadership meeting with McCormick and the rest of us and all of us, and he got a call. And you know what the call was? It was from Teddy. You know what he said? He said, uh, we're willing to take what uh, Katzenbach told us last week. i I said, wonderful, but I better stay out of it. I don't want to make the, I don't want to make the, uh, what you call them, angry at me Mansfield. But you, you all get over Mansfield and tell him right quick. They went over and they got in Mansfield's office 25 minutes before the Senate met. And told him they were ready to go with what Back had written out. And Mansfield said, well, I haven't got time to clear it with Dirksen, I haven't got time to clear it with the other people, and uh, we better just vote on it. He's stubborn and mad anyway. So they voted on it. They didn't need to ever vote on it they'd have made the decision a week before, or a day before, or so forth. So somebody's got to have some uh, judgment, like you have, That's got, that's based on principle, but also, based on realism, there's no use asking Ford to give you $9 an hour, even if he is selling more cars and making more than he ever made. He's not going to do it. But you might get three. And that's what we need up there.
5: Well, this is my point. I, I think, you see, I know you feel as I do, that on to issue this fundamental, it's a goddamn crime, that most of your friends are on the wrong side.
1: That's right. And it seems
5: to me that there ought to be enough skill enough common commitment and belief in what we're trying to do for men of goodwill
1: to work this goddamn problem out. Yes, what they've got to do is they've got to put down the best lawyer they've got that they trust. And I don't know whether it's Phil Hart or whether it's Bobby Bobby, they tell me, really wanted to vote with Katzenbach, believe that Katzenbach is a hell of a good lawyer. I think he is. The only reason I appointed him is because he was a Kennedy lawyer, and after I worked with him six months, I thought he could handle civil rights without being a suspect, without being a Texan, could get along with the Kennedys, whom I don't want to fight, and would be good for the government. Now, there's not one president in 20 that would appoint the Kennedy man as his attorney general. That's right. Do you think you'd go over and get George Meaney's lawyer or whoever it is, uh, uh, the guy that you kicked out of UAW or something, uh, that's right. That? And But I did it. I thought it was big. And I, I trust him. I don't think he double-crossed me for Bobby Kennedy or the United States government or anybody else. He's going to just tell everybody what he thinks. And he's honest. Now, he's got some good people advising him. He's got uh, Cox over in Solicitor. He's got John Doerr over in the Civil Rights, and so on and so on. They need to get, get backs, who is not arbitrary, not stubborn. Backs up every day in cabinet and says, Well, let's try it this way if you don't like it that way. Get him and the best lawyer they got may be Phil Hart or whoever it is, they ought to sit down and, and agree on something that that all Democrats except the South can agree on. That's right. Well, that's what I'm going to work towards. That's all it is to it. I don't give a goddamn what it is, and even if the court holds, it's unconstitutional. All right, but I can't sign a bill my Attorney General tells me is unconstitutional.
5: Now, that's right. Here, there's no arguing about that. It seems Did you hear that? that I can't disagree with that at all. Nobody else can. Right, well, if you're a man who's your attorney general, you have to either listen to him or
1: get another one. That's right. And uh, just bear in mind, they, they have never thought about this process of first getting the cloture, second getting it passed, and third getting it signed. Because if they think it takes care of me uh, one little inch, they don't know me. They got the wrong bear by the tail.
5: Well, I, and I, I, I know you, and I... That's why I know that do this job. Well you
1: tell them you're the only goddamn one that's had time enough and hasn't been busy enough and got nothing to do out there but handle a few hundred thousand auto workers that's that's ever disgusted with me. I never have had an opportunity to talk to one of them about it. I think that's a goddamn scandal. <laughs> I used to, and I even wanted to get a little resolution through to go over the weekend. I'd call Eisenhower and say, Mr. President, this is something that might interfere with your plans. And what do you think about it? But here's what they call the Johnson bill. Every day it suffers something. It's a Johnson bill. When it's going good and it's high and mighty, it's a bill that's drafted by the Kennedy boys' Attorney General, and Mansfield, and Dirksen. But since some bitch gets in trouble, it becomes a Johnson bill. Well, it's not mine. I just told him before any Negro raised a question, you or anybody else, I said, long, I'm not going to be president long. But while I am president, brother, I'm going to take care of voting in this country, and everybody's going to be able to vote. And that's what what I want done. I like to do it at 18. I like to do it free. I don't give a damn how ignorant they are. They can be. They got enough instinct to know how to vote because they've been voting for me all these years. A lot of ignorant people.
5: You only got Ph.D. degrees. you never made
1: it. You? <laughs> never. <would have. laughs> no, sir. My Mexicans, uh, most of them can't read and write. No, but they, know who's, uh, they know. They know. they just like my beagle. They can smell around the heels, and they know. They know just who's who. They can. Sometimes they have a hell lot more common sense than the guy with the degree. My beagle runs up and he smells my ankles, and he knows that this is this is the man right here. And where you too. Well, you're
5: doing a great job, and I look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs> Thank you, fella. Thank I'll be you, fella. in touch with
0: you. Right. Bye. President Johnson with United Auto Workers President Walter Ruther on May 14, 1965. Nine days later, the Senate finally mustered a two-thirds vote to end the filibuster. Then, after a two-month odyssey that included more wrangling on poll taxes, the House passed its version on July 9th by a 333 to 85 margin. The two sides spent nearly a month reconciling their differences in conference committee and on August 4th, sent a final version to the president. That night, the president took a call with Mike Mansfield and Everett Dirksen.
1: Excuse me, I had a bunch of people in another office and I had to go to another phone so I could talk. How are you getting along? Uh, fine, I'm down here
5: in uh, Everett Dirksen's office. Uh, in my regard, we just passed the conference report of the voting rights bill. Yeah, uh, wonderful, wonderful. And I want you to talk to him and discuss what? him what some of the possibilities you raised the other day. He did a great job. He lost out on his amendment, but he came through with this. Wonderful, wonderful. I'll be very happy to, Mike. He's right here. okay. Okay.
1: How are you, my friend? Glad um, to hear you. All right out here. You? you and Mike up there fraternizing together? Yes, sir. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's good. How you feeling, Ever? I'd have felt better if you'd hustled me a half a dozen votes. Well, you didn't want me to. You told me you didn't want me to do anything but sit there, and uh, all I'd have done is just stir up ten more against you. You well, know, I wanted you to interfere on the right side. That's all. <laughs> <sin. laughs> well, well, you, you, you did. Voting be allowed. You, we ought to be proud of that, my friend. Well, yeah. I'm proud of it. And you had we had a lot to do with that, and uh, give seller a compliment. That house really abused him over there when they had that.
4: Uh, All that, right. They cracked him for uh, the turning cold shoulder
1: and not supporting the house position on the cold time. All, All right. I will. And he had many a rough time. I will now. Let me ask you. He wants to no, know. He wants my judgment on this judge's bill.
5: Is that a necessary bill? Uh. Well, the uh, judicial uh, conference recommended of course. Well, f- frankly, I don't know
1: that we need it until next year. He says that you all uh, didn't have any hearings in judicial recommendation. Right? Yeah, we, we had uh, hearings. that We had a subcommittee that uh, not only took some testimony, but they worked rather closely with You must have made a hell of a speech Saturday The tickers uh, made me wish I was there listening to you. Well, why weren't you here? Well, because, I, you know, I can't have any fun anymore. They because just locked me up. I can't even drink Sanka. I just have to drink this damned old root beer. That they won't let that. me get out. If I could get out and come visit you, I'd do it nearly every night. Well, why don't you come right up here now and I'll pull you a trick. Good step, Bevan. Well, if you and Mike will stay there about 10 or 15 minutes, I might do it. I'm a little lonesome and I'd like to see you. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. All right, we'll stay. All right, okay. All right. My office. All right. You know what's it? Yep. Yeah.
0: Two days later, the president came to the Capitol for a signing ceremony. Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, and John Lewis were by his side.
1: So let me now say to every Negro in this country you must register, you must vote, you must learn so your choices advance your interests and the interest of our beloved nation. Your future and your children's future depend upon it, and I don't believe that you are going to let them down. This act is not only a victory for Negro leadership. This act is a great challenge to that leadership. It is a challenge which cannot be met simply by protests and demonstrations. It means that dedicated leaders must work around the clock to teach people their rights and their responsibilities and to lead them to exercise those rights and to fulfill those responsibilities and those duties to their country. And if you do this, then you will find, as others have found before you, that the vote is the most powerful instrument ever devised by man for breaking down injustice and destroying the terrible walls which imprison men because they are different from other men. Today what is perhaps the last of the legal barriers is tumbling and there will be many actions and many difficulties before the rights woven into law are also woven into the fabric of our nation. But the struggle for equality must now move to a different battlefield. It is nothing less than granting every American Negro his freedom to enter the mainstream of American life.
0: That night, the president spoke to Attorney General Katzenbach about reports of southern states blocking federal oversight.
1: He says we're sending them into Natchez County, the governor, and that they're everybody shows up there, and they're doing it from an old study, and you don't need them now. That's number one. Number two, and if you go to bringing these people into the state, that uh, uh, you give Ross Barnett and all of them uh, that fought him on these laws, a real club, they say, well, I told you this is exactly what's going to happen, and uh, you just incite them and make it worse. And if you'd send them in the 18th, it'd be all right, and that's not but 10 days, and. Uh, that he wished you could find some way to be instructing them or something until 18 so he could win his constitutional amendment. If the first one shows up, they'll say, Oh, there's that damn Yankee. He's in here telling you what to do. And that's what I told you these Johnson boys going to do. Johnson, Washington, Johnson, and Jackson. I told him that uh, I would talk to you about it and uh, ask you to study it over the weekend that I would give him a commitment that uh, you would do nothing until you had studied it thoroughly, particularly Adams County, which is Natchez, and any other areas. I think Adams ought to be knocked out. And then uh, uh, that you would, uh, you would call him before you did anything and discuss it. So uh, I'll, do that. I'll call Stennis and tell him the same thing. And uh, I don't know how you can get out of it if you can get out of it. And maybe Eastland's right, maybe Eastland's wrong. It sounds to me, if I were there, it sounds to me, unless we have to produce something by the 18th, that uh, the morning of the 18th would be better than the morning of the 8th for this reason. I think if a Yankee does walk in there, it makes people vote against his program. Mm-hmm. And he needs his constitutional amendments. They certainly don't hurt us. And they would help us a little, I guess. That's right, Mr. President. And we don't want to defeat him. And anything comes from Washington in election, I'll tell you, hurts you. I've had that happen. Roosevelt endorsed me once and said, my old and trusted friend, and it defeated me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, the- <laughs> he thought he was helping me. And I thought he was helping me, but uh, they, they use it against you. The problem is uh, it's awful hard to go in Louisiana, Alabama and not touch uh, that's, right, that's right. That's right. But maybe, maybe we better just skirt it pretty easily and go into Alabama and we might even just go into Mississippi. and we might just... just touch the worst county, there. That's right. They got the worst one. And there. the smallest one is not too far away. Study Let's talk about Monday, Tuesday. All right. How many are you planning to go into? Two, three, four?
0: Uh, the next, I before. Okay. Thank you. Right. And talked strategy with Mississippi Senator John Stennis.
1: But we, I don't see any reason to send about it they not. Then he said that it would provoke uh, prejudice and just make it deeper. They'd say, well, here Washington comes, and uh, this fellow Johnson that's governor has run out on us, and so on and so forth. And he said Ross Barnett's crowd was stirred up. Right. So I told the attorney general to see if he couldn't... Uh, Studied carefully over the weekend and try to minimize what his problem was. Talk to me about it Monday when I get back, and uh, I'll have him call both you and the governor before uh, he. Uh well, that's mighty fine. I appreciate this greatly. And you well, see, Governor Johnson has really gotten out front, on he's trying. To I know that he has, And and uh, Attorney General told me that uh, the, this constitutional amendment and stuff he was doing would would be helpful. Yeah. And uh, uh, we we want to help him. We don't hurt him. We think well, that that's fine. we we. I put myself. I'm in the same shape. Uh, I've been in the same shape for 20 years in the Senate that you are and that he is. And I know yeah. something about the, well, the problems. Well, and I want to. Attorney General is going to look at him over the weekend. I'll talk to him and then he'll call both of you. Well, might. that's mighty fine. I deeply appreciate it. tell Coy hello, Farmer. I him. will. <laughs> give, her, give, her, give her a little hug for All me and right, keep one worry. for yourself. Thank you, old boy. You. Says old Jim Coleman, he's going to get mighty cocky and he gets on that well, big robe we'll up there, hold isn't he? Him down. We'll huh? Hold him down. After he just got seven votes against him, tell him, I, tell him that election when you put me in on the Rules Committee is just 87, with you? <laughs> Well, he's mighty proud. He's deeply grateful I am. I think what we really sold that one up. I think what we ought to call him's old lightning. Yeah. Right. We're as fast as he runs. That's right. Well, you really... <laughs> tell him he runs better up here, John. He doesn't miss it. <laughs> That's, a
3: good,
1: That's well, a good one. You tell him that. I will. Okay. Goodbye. Yeah, thank you a lot. Thank you. Since
0: 1965, the Voting Rights Act has been amended and reauthorized five more times, most recently in 2006. But in 2013, the Supreme Court struck down a key federal oversight provision. In August 2021, the House of Representatives passed the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, which reestablished that provision. As of December, it is awaiting action in the Senate. Next time on Presidential Recordings Conversations between President Johnson and his most loyal and influential partner, his wife, Lady Bird. Follow Presidential Recordings wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Lyndon B. Johnson Presidential Library and Foundation, along with the University of Virginia Miller Center, have more conversations from the Johnson Presidency. You can find them at lbjtapes.org.